Today's Old Testament reading is from Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Let me provide you an introduction, some context to the reading. The prophet Isaiah speaks to God on behalf of an embattled, beleaguered, disillusioned people. The people of Israel have been in exile for generations. They had been refugees in foreign lands. While they had lived in exile, waiting to return to their homeland, the vision of what life would be like when they migrated back to Israel had kept them going in their struggle. Now they have returned, and they have found the homeland wasted, its cities destroyed, and sin is rampant. The God of their ancestors seems to have moved far off. Their dream is a nightmare. Isaiah cries out to God. Listen to the word. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to our adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways, but you were angry and we sinned because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of, an, of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the Holy One, Spirit of the One who comes, come upon us now and breathe in and through your holy word and your people and human words and human minds and in-breathe and inspire us. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake and the nations tremble at your presence. Isaiah had cried. In the Gospel of Mark, in chapter 13, Mark picks up this theme of God's intervening in this earthly realm. 
In the passage we are about to receive, to listen to, Jesus uses language from the Old Testament prophets and speaks with images that would be very familiar to disciples who are waiting for God to invade the earth and seize power and control. Disciples who are praying as Jesus had taught them to pray, thy kingdom come. In this episode, which is near the end of Jesus' life, Jesus is sitting with four of his disciples on the Mount of Olives, a hill outside Jerusalem. From this vantage point, the view of the city of Jerusalem is apparently spectacular. At the city's center lies the temple, The temple was one of the architectural wonders of the ancient world. Its dome, covered in gold, shines brilliantly in the sun. The reading for today is excerpts from a longer conversation Jesus is having with Peter, James, John, and Andrew about the things that are to take place. It is an intimate conversation, a quiet moment before the storm that even now is brewing. The plot to kill Jesus is taking shape, and in only a week, Jesus will return to this Mount of Olives after his last supper with these disciples, and they will fall asleep just before his arrest. Jesus knows he is nearing the point of no return, and within days he will be hanging on a cross outside the city that they marvel at now. Jesus sits with his friends, giving them counsel, direction, and advice. Mark records this conversation about 35 years later, while he himself is sitting somewhere in a time of war, the Jewish wars. We do not know for sure at what point in the war Mark writes, could be during the siege of Jerusalem or after Jerusalem's catastrophic end when the temple lies in ruins. Either way, Mark records Jesus' words for an early audience of believers who are shell-shocked by current events and perhaps even paralyzed by the prospect of impending calamity, wondering when God will intervene. Let us make our way to the Mount of Olives and sit for a few moments with Jesus, listening to what Jesus says to his frightened and alarmed disciples, because, as Jesus himself says, What he says to them, he says to us all. Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. 
This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes and famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Be alert. I have already told you everything. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the heavens, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Within the first days of the beginning of the Second World War, Great Britain, like most nations in a time of war, established a new government agency, the Ministry of Information. The primary purpose of the hastily formed government agency was to produce materials that would inspire, direct, warn, and instruct the populace about their role in the flaming conflict. The most famous and enduring way the agency did this was through its distribution of posters, 
with slogans and images intended to mobilize the people on the home front, while Prime Minister Churchill and the government and the military were doing their part in the battle against tyranny, posters called people to do theirs. Use spades, not ships. Grow your own food and supply your own cookhouse. Come and help with the victory harvest. You are needed in the fields. Better potluck with Churchill today than eat humble pie with Hitler tomorrow. Don't waste food. Mrs. So-and-so says, mend and make do to save buying new. And this one, in an effort to offer humor in the face of very real espionage threat. Do what dad does, keep mum. Perhaps the most recognizable poster to come out of that campaign was, interestingly enough, never distributed. Since earlier posters had failed to bring about the intended effect, this poster was put on the shelf in a change of Ministry of Information personnel. What was that poster? You have seen it. It has a red background, a white crown, and underneath the crown, in a no-nonsense font style, the words, you know them, keep calm and carry on. Distributed or not, this poster has become an iconic expression of the heroic and successful stance of the people of Great Britain as they held back for a long time single-handedly the dark forces of evil that stalked the earth. Keep calm and carry on. This, in essence, is Jesus' counsel to his disciples here on the Mount of Olives as they sit on the cusp of events turning towards a calamity of cosmic proportions. Yes, Jesus says, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Yes, there will be earthquakes and famines and tribulations the likes of which have not been seen in human history. Yes, sin will ooze like spilled oil and cover everyone in its disgusting filth. Yes, Jesus tells them, it will seem as though God has retreated and hidden God's self far from you, as the, as the prophet Isaiah had said. Yes, creation itself will reflect the turmoil and tribulation. Creation will be in distress. Yes, my friends, you will suffer. The government will come after you. There will be leaders who claim to follow me, speak for me, represent me. They will even claim to be me. They will be an abomination and will lie to lead you astray. But, but, Jesus says to Peter, John, James, and Andrew, despite 
of this. Do not be alarmed. As he says to them, he says to us, keep calm. God knows these things will happen. And though God will not cause them, sinful men and women will cause them. Sinful men and women will cause wars, build missiles, damage creation. Sinful men and women will lie and cheat and engage in moral behavior that will cover them like the prophet's filthy rag. Sinful men and women will allow the rich to get richer while the poor get poorer. Sinful women and men will bear false witness against their neighbor and spitefully use those who disagree with them. Sinful men and women will do all the things that the law and the prophet and Messiah tell us not to do. And it will be dark. Even so, God knows these things will occur. God knows what mortals will do. And God's plans have taken all this into account. These things, Jesus says, will not thwart God's loving purposes for God's children. So do not be alarmed. Keep calm. Because even if the sun is darkened and the moon does not shine, even if the stars themselves fall from the heaven, Whatever that means in the prophet's language, Scripture declares in Revelation at Scripture's close that when God invades to establish governance over all creation, we will have no need of lamp or light of sun. The Lord himself will be our light. Keep calm, Jesus says, because when the Holy One interrupts this realm, the one who interrupts will not be Caesar or Nero or terrorist or tyrant. Instead, in the words of a poet, the interruption is the Beloved, capital B, who comes into our dissolution intervenes in our collective suicide, redirects our plunge towards oblivion. It is spring, not winter, Jesus says. It is the homeowner, not the thief, who appears at the gate. It is God the Father, God the potter. The poet continues, it's not the end, it's the clay being reshaped by hands with a vision for who we can be before we are fired in the kiln into durable vessels fit for eternity.
Do not be alarmed, Jesus says, because God's got this. Keep calm, but do not be complacent. We do not know the day or the hour when the interruption comes. The homeowner could appear at the gate, Jesus says, at any time. Could come in the coming week. Could come tonight. Could come as we stand at the table. We do not know. We have to keep watch so we will see him. You do not need to calculate the time, Jesus tells us, but you do need to carry on. Carry on with the work that I have given you. God has taken us into account, too, in God's plans. And like those civilians on the home front in Britain, we, we have a critical role to play in holding back the darkness in the conflicts of our day. We are like pregnant women who have had new life planted in us. And we do not know the day or the hour, but we can be sure that in time we will be delivered. So in the waiting, we must walk away from our old life, focus and do everything in our power to nourish and cultivate the new as we prepare for its arrival so that we are ready when deliverance comes. I have already told you everything you need to know, Jesus says, to these four disciples among the olive trees. So be alert. Keep awake. Do your part. What Jesus says to his disciples, he says to us all. You and I know what Jesus taught us. We know what is good, and what is right, and what is just, and what life looks like when God rules. Perhaps we sometimes know only what is unjust, because yes, things are complicated, and nothing is black and white, and we would be naive, and irresponsible, and wrong to act as though they are. But as we live in a time of turmoil and conflict, which at times can seem like we are on the cusp of calamity, you and I are called to do our utmost to let God govern and direct us in our relationships and commitments, in our treatment of neighbors and strangers, in our stewardship of resources, in our role as citizens of this realm, we are to give ourselves fully to understanding and following the instructions Jesus has given us. 
doing the work he has assigned to his servants to hold back dark forces, trusting that in due time the homeowner will appear at the gate to deliver us from evil and restore God's wise and gracious governance of the whole creation. Until then, what you and I need to be doing is keep calm and carry on. Let's do this. Amen. Let us pray. For your plans and purposes, we rejoice and give thanks. And for your presence with us, we cannot even name our gratitude. So help us to do the work you have given us in the time left to us. Amen.